Who am I? Well, I'm the princess of the Puget Sound. The Tacoma Tinge. And voted Spanway's most talented drag queen on 152nd and Pacific Avenue. Lavender Life. And you are listening to Lifelines with me, Lavender Life. I want everyone to listen. But some, if not most episodes, might be considered inappropriate for folks under legal voting and drinking age. So, if you're underage and you're listening, I'm telling your mama. Now, why would you listen to my random little show here on Beyonce's internet? Who knows? Me. I knows. We're going to talk about things that you, the people, think matter. And things that you think don't matter. In the larger scheme of schemes. Music, politics, movies, the weather, history, history, money, lack of money, your problems, my problems, our problems. Now I personally can't guarantee you'll learn anything. But I can't guarantee that it will be interesting. Or moderately interesting. At the least, mildly interesting. Background noise to get you through life and traffic. So here is a quick outline of how the show is going to go. All right. What we're going to do is we'll start off first with Ask Lavinda, where you can ask me any question about any topic advice, comments on the show, and just random things. Um, Next, we got things that bug me, issues I'm currently having with the world, or just from day to day. We'll also have interviews. I'm going to interview queer and people of color that have interesting or seemingly controversial jobs, hobbies, or lives. We're going to have an Ask Wayne segment where you can ask Wayne any questions you may have about hair care or businessing things. I don't I don't know much about business. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a mouthpiece. Wayne's the brains, or at least that's what I tell him so that he'll leave me alone and let me sleep. <laughs> um, upcoming events and appearances, I'll let you know where you can find me next, where you can see me next, where you can hear me next, where you can be near me next. And then ask the listeners. We're going to ask you any ideas that you may have for the show. You know, the idea for the show, like our lives, is to evolve after a season or so. To accomplish that, I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear your ideas so that I can take your ideas and use them as my ideas or as a guide map to keep you all interested so you keep listening to me. Will you listen if I talk about the things you want to hear about? Or should I just keep talking about things that I want to talk about? Maybe we'll do a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. So, let's get this thing started. Hello, everybody, and thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today to Lifelines with me, Lavenda Life. 
I'm your host, Lavenda Life, voted most popular drag queen on 152nd and Pacific Avenue in Tacoma. And today, we are going to start off with Ask Lavenda. Feel free to send me your questions and I will answer them. Any question you got. So we'll probably just be answering one, maybe two questions. Probably just one. But if we answer two, more than likely it's because the interview was shorter and I decided to cut Ask Wayne because it's my show, not his show. And he needs to learn that. You hear me, Wayne? He hears me. (laughs) All right, so here's the question. Lavenda, there are all these guys out here saying that they are sides. And I want penetration. Am I being greedy? All these guys are now saying that they're sides and you want penetration. Are you being greedy? Of course not. You're entitled to enjoy sex. Well, not entitled. I mean, you are entitled to enjoy sex. Like, no one's entitled to give you sex. Or you're not entitled to someone's sex. But you are entitled uh, to enjoy yourself sexually. So, enjoy yourself sexually. If that's not something that you're interested in, that's not something you're interested in, and that's not something that you have to do. I myself am not interested in water sports. There are other people who are interested in water sports. One of the city girls is interested in water sports. Good for her. That doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for me. You know? But if that does it for you, good for you. As long as it's a consenting, two consenting adults or any number of consenting adults, <laughs> have at it. Have at it. But no, you're not being greedy. All you need to do really is just find, you know, somebody who, who's going to penetrate you. Really. Find yourself somebody, somebody nice to sit on. Sit on mama lap. Sit on mama lap. Uh-uh. And something we really need to do is stop bottom shaming. Like, seriously. Stop bottom shaming and stop bottom first shaming. You know why there are so many bottoms now on Grindr and all the different apps? It's because people are finally opening up sexually and coming to the conclusion and realization that all of us bottoms already knew is that it felt good. All right? It doesn't make you any less of a man. It doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you weak. It means that you enjoy sex. And you enjoy getting fucked. Alright? Alright? Alright, welcome back. Religion! And coming out late in life. A lot of us come from very conservative backgrounds, religious backgrounds. Whether you're a Christian, Muslim, Catholic, or Mormon, organized religion can make it difficult to live with true authenticity. Today, we're going to talk to somebody about their experiences and what living their life to the fullest means to them. What's your name? My name's Nick. All right. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are he, him. Okay, cool. Nick Senzi, that's my name. Nick Senzi, all right. And Nick, what do you do specifically? (sighs) That's a a big question for me. (laughs) I would say, basically, I am 
and in school to become a psychotherapist. Oh, cool. And so this is like a second career for me. And mm -hmm. so I've taken time to just to start over with that. Mm -hmm. I'm starting over in a lot of different ways in my life right now. Mm -hmm. I used to work in nonprofits. And then I was a stay-at-home dad mm -hmm. for about 10 years. Okay. And so after we moved to the West Coast, I was not having the same career trajectory in nonprofits and I needed to do something else. And also my resume was a little spotty after having been a stay-at-home dad. So I'm going back to school to be a therapist and um, I think it's gonna work. I think it's gonna be a good fit and I'm really pleased with it. That's great to hear. That's really great to hear. Yeah, I feel like there's a big need for actually any kind of male therapists. Mm. And in obviously gay therapists are are really important to our community. Very much so, very much so. I remember the <laughs> second therapist that I went to visit, like they had their degree in theology. Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, yeah, like like MDiv or whatever. Yeah, and I was like, oh my. I know. I yeah, know. pastoral care. No. Yeah, we, I, was, I mean, it's like I don't know if we're gonna. I personally have seen enough pastoral care that I don't. I don't care for pastoral. Care. <laughs> That's all I'm talking about. Yeah. So I've heard that there's a lot of importance put on being part of the community in and out of the Mormon Church, to the point that the church is your whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, would you say that's true or false? I would say this is very true, and. Part of that is they call religions like Mormonism high demand religions. Hmm. And that's kind of a soft, a way of saying a soft cult. Oh, okay. And Mormonism is like this. Now, I have to say that I was raised in the Midwest. I did not, I do not come from Utah, although I went to college um, twice over at BYU. Hmm. And my growing up experience, my dad didn't go to church and I did not, and, and my mother was, you know, obviously she, she was pretty devout, but she was realistic and I would not say I experienced the church as a cult. Okay. Um, I, when people tell me that they experience Mormonism as a cult, I believe them mm -hmm. because I can easily see where, happening. where there are milieus or particular families or, um, you know, conservative communities, particularly in the Intermountain West, where they would experience it that way. I also feel like um, the more that we move forward in time, mm -hmm. the more the people who are open-minded and reality-based like they're leaving the church and so there's this Darwinian process where the most orthodox people are the ones left mm. so if you go into a church now it's going to be a lot more let's say culty than it would have been 20 years ago I can understand that I that's, can understand yeah, that that's you have my like opinion. a lot more progressive yeah, the, the progressives are being made to feel very unwelcome. Mm. And so, in my view, it's very sad because Mormonism has the bones of a beautiful religion. But they have, you know, taken the page out of the Evangelicals book and decided to um, just double down on not accepting people, not tolerating people, and um, 
and frankly persecuting LGBTQ people. What would you say is the church's stance on same-sex or non-heteronormative relationships? Okay, so first of all, those are excommunicable offenses. What is excommunication? Excommunication, which, by the way, I should point out that the church officially does not use the term excommunication anymore. Mm. They are using a term called withdrawal of membership privileges or something like that which is gaslighting because it is excommunication what that means is your name is removed from the records of the church and you are not able to participate in the life of the church yeah in the body of christ you're expulsed from it Hmm. Mm -hmm. that sounds very very possibly heart-wrenching it, it, to someone who has lived their whole life. It can you be. Know. It can be. For example, my ex-boyfriend is a Mormon, and he, or is, was, he um, was divorcing his wife at the time that we met, and the church uh, came forward and asked him what kinds of sins he was doing, and they wanted to have what they call, they used to call a church court, that is where there's a literal court. Huh. And it's it's a kangaroo court. Yeah. And the it's much like the Inquisition, uh-huh. like in terms not that they killed you or no set you on fire, but no one suspects the Mormon Inquisition. No one no, <laughs> but that's really what it is. And it, the the punishment is just being cast out of your community. Yeah. This is a big deal because we were talking about is. Yeah, because we were talking about how Mormonism very much has a culture to it. Mm. Now, if you like, historically, Mormons were driven out of the Midwest. And if you get into the history, it kind of gets sketchy. But like the simple version is, you know, people didn't like Mormons. So they were chased all the way to Utah. Mm. And because of that, in this, this regionalism has very much made Mormonism a culture as well as a religion. I mm. think, I can't really think of an analogous situation to this, but it's all—it's a nation. It really feels like a nation when you're in there. For example, I grew up in Kansas City, and I remember being a teenager and going to BYU and feeling like I belonged there. Mm-hmm. It was as if, like, it's like a French person who goes to Paris for you know, for their school or like a Catholic who goes to Vatican City or a gay who goes to cast to the Castro. <laughs> it's like I belong here. Yeah. Right. So and and that kind of illustrates like the status of Mormonism. We're not just we go to church at this place. It's it's an identity. Yeah. Were you officially asked to leave? I have not been. I have not been, and that is because my ex wife was not going to push the issue because mm-hmm. she also left the church okay because of that and because i stopped going no one you know came after me now you have to tell you at any point the leadership of where i live could look me up in the books and someone from the ward because i still still know people could say hey nick is gay and he's doing gay Mm, he's doing all the gay all the gay all the gay in seattle at midnight all the gay, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, especially post boyfriend, I'm like, um, you know, I'm not gonna not partake. Okay. <laughs> so if somebody were to say that to one of a new leader, 
the ones that I have now are fine with me, then they could actually come and like visit me and say, you know, you know, brother Cincy, like we're going to start a court on you. I don't think that will ever happen because at this point it's just happening so often mm. <laughs> that I think the volume has overwhelmed them. But that is, is what we've been brought up with okay. is as a procedure. How did you meet your wife? We met at BYU. Your ex-wife, sorry. My ex-wife. I know, I've got two exes now. That's kind of different for me. Yeah. Um, it happens to the best of us. Oh, Jesus. I mean, not me. Because because you when you asked me to, to do... Ex. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. When you asked me to do this, I, I was... You had asked me and my ex-boyfriend to do it. Mm. And it would have been a good interview, except he dumped me two weeks ago and so now you get heartbroken Nick instead of happily ever after Nick hey heartbroken Nick is real Nick it, and that's what we need on this show we yeah, I mean, real that's people right. who are living real lives yeah that's and right have gone through you know real things that's what the, the purpose of the show is is for people who are listening to meet real people and hopefully meeting real people will build empathy for people who are going through certain situations yeah which will hopefully lead to understanding people who are going through that those kinds of situations which in the end hopefully helps them be less assholeish. well we we want that for everyone we do we want the less assholery maximally less assholery <laughs> bigly uh, oh jesus <laughs> Okay, so I met my wife yes. in graduate school at BYU in the French literature program. Okay. And because I have a master's degree in French literature, now I'm getting my master's degree in mental health counseling, but my first one was French literature, and we really were just really good friends. I actually asked her on a date, I remember, and first of all, and this is 19, Jesus, 1998, mm. right? Yes, the 1900s. The 1900s. And, like, this is like when Matthew Shepard is getting beaten out in the, in the you know, steps of Wyoming. Yeah. And it was a different time. Mm-hmm. And it was not just Mormons who were in the closet back Very then. Very much so. It was, like, a hell of a lot of people in oh, the yeah. closet back then. Very. I mean, we were scared. And, yeah, we were scared. And, and not only that, but it was not necessarily even for religious reasons you would be in the closet. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just socially not. So anyway, this is the backdrop. And so it was very common to sort of have this worldview of you just get married and the closet was a very real option. Very real option. Um, that was where I was coming from when I asked my wife out on a date, my ex-wife out on a date. And we're still really close, so actually it's hard for me not to say wife and things like that because mm-hmm. we've been together like 22 years in some form or another she got really mad one time at the professor and she just like stormed out and I was like that is so interesting I thought to myself I would never do that so I asked her on a date and we went to Wendover which is in Nevada and we went to a casino which was just stupid because we just ate lunch there because we don't care about slot machines <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was our first date And then we just became really good friends. And she was one of these people who, you know, if you're in relationships and there's like at some point, you're just like, this person is family Mm -hmm. to me. They just feel like family. 
And so I was like, you know what? I actually never planned on getting married to a woman. But I thought, this could work, you know? And it did actually work after a fashion. It did. And still does. We're still a family. I consider us a family. Yeah. What's with, your relationship like with her now? Um, we are basically, um, we call each other XBF, XBFF. Or no, no. Oh, we have a little name. BFFXs. Yeah. BFX. I think, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I can't remember. But actually, she uses it. I'll have to ask her. But we're just like, we have two children. And we eat dinner together most nights. Back when I had a boyfriend, he was in California and I'm in Washington. And so I would commute to the Bay Area every other week. And so I didn't see my kids during those weeks. And so now I'm just home more. And I, one of the things that I did is we don't live in the same house. Mm. Um, after I met my ex-boyfriend and it was time to you know, actually some push some kind of paper. I built myself a yurt in my back forest because I have two acres. Mm-hmm. And so I have my own place now. It's good for like grinder and stuff. Living your cottage core life. I it's is this cottage core, do you think it counts? It's like cottage core slash that uh dark literature yeah. literary thingy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it's kind of like architectural too. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is like a dead poet society, like dream. Yeah, yeah. Um, on a scale of one to ten, ten being every single last one of them. Mm-hmm. How many of these books have you read? In my house? Yes. I have read all of them. What? No, that's not true. Nine. We'll say nine. Oh my gosh. Just uh, in case anyone is listening, there there are more than nine books here. There's, I don't know how many books there are, but... There's a lot. I just have this one I started reading while you're fussing with the recording. <laughs> Relationships where gay men have married women, mm-hmm. you know, have happened for centuries upon centuries. Right. What would you say do you feel are some misconceptions about gay men who have married women or are married to women. I feel like you have to operate with the understanding that this person is trying to do what they believe is right. And for example, I never even, I don't think I met an out gay man or hung out with one until I was like, coming out myself Mm. and I think that is partly you're kind of taught gay people are dangerous or somehow gonna you know lead you into sodomy which they certainly did for me (laughs) (laughs) but um like you need to stay away because it's dangerous if you have those tendencies right so you need to understand I think that they're a product of their raising I mean they are doing what they think is right And, you know, nowadays I feel like, oh my gosh, they're not themselves. One of the things that I had to realize when I came out is that I am a very open person. I like to be open. I like to be myself. And I hit a ceiling on how open I could be when I couldn't tell people what kind of sex I liked. and Or just, like, different facts about yourself. Yeah, like, I know how to sew, right? Mm -hmm. Like... 
it's I mean, not something you might have talked about at you know exactly at like when the sports ball whatever uh-huh. you know like they're like oh what yeah I made one of those footballs for my son yeah because that's I right. sew that's right exactly right mm-hmm. like I used to I make the Halloween costume still that's my job but <laughs> there is a misconception that the gay man is sort of just using the woman hmm. I don't feel that that's true I feel that all of the gay men that I know, and I know quite a few because I belong to this community, and my ex-boyfriend was married to a woman, too, and between the two of us, we had six kids together. So yeah, I've <laughs> sexed quite a few. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I bet you have. And we love our wives in the way that a gay man can love a woman, hmm. right? Like, one of the things that makes me sort of incandescent and ragey about... Oh, incandescent. It's like fiery. Oh, okay. Good. Incandescent. Good. We usually say incandescent. Like, I was thinking like iridescent. No. Like some shiny, Incandescent is like a light bulb, so it's like something that's combusting. But it, it makes me very angry and, and triggered when children who are like 20 years old right now are feeling the need that they're gay and they need to marry women. I'm like, the fuck is this? We have proved this doesn't work by now. Like, in my generation, we kind of was sort of common. Like, it didn't work out any better. But, like, now it's like you got all this data about what these marriages are going to end up like. And people are like, oh, well, we're going to defy the odds. Bullshit. Come back and talk to me when you're 37 or 40. Hmm. Like, that makes me crazy about that. And... We need to be Wait, really. Are you, talking, are you talking about like that TV show that tried to come out and then got canceled? Like my husband's not gay. I don't know about that show. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there was this TV show on um, on TLC yeah. that was supposed to come out but ended up not coming out. Oh, it was it called too like, controversial. Mm, it was called like my husband's not gay. Oh Jesus! And it was about these uh, these gay oh, men who was sake. married to women, and they was like. Oh no, you know, I just like yes, I'm attracted to to men, but like I don't like I don't act on that attraction and I love my <laughs> wife. I love her so much. Look at how I caress her hair. And then they're um, getting gangbanged at the truck stop. No, they wasn't. Really? No. Oh. According to them, they were uh, Oh, they were virginal. Okay. They were. They were. They were they out were playing basketball. So when you are younger, obviously your hydraulics work a little better. Mm. And it takes less to... Like the wind just blows. Exactly. And so you can do those things and you can make babies. And honestly, that sounds terrible. But it feels like you're doing a disservice to the person and to yourself. And it feels like you're being fake to the universe but it's coming from a place of everyone's trying their best now I think one of the reasons that my wife and I my ex-wife and I had such a good outcome is because I actually told her first Hmm. I did not come out and say I am gay and in an ideal world I would be you know sticking it into boys Hmm. when did you come out she's the first person I told and I didn't tell anyone for like 20 more years Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to tell you, I did conversion therapy. Oh. I did. Intriguing. I did conversion therapy. They don't work. I did not find it 
a super, super traumatic because by the time I did it, I was, I was like, I don't know, I was 30. Um, I was like, hey, you know what? I just had a child. I need to address this gay thing because apparently it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe this, this is going to help. So anyway, it's kind of like, it's like the psychotherapy version of like hang, clothes hangers for abortions. Oh my, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, they just get in there. It's under the table. And then they like, just try to like, it's they under the scratch table. everything oh, out. Yeah. Well, they just like go, like, it's just like, um, for example, one of the things that we did, um, is that there is an exercise in which we all took our clothes off and stood in a circle. You guys, we are getting, and I was like, we are getting top a one information about the practices of the converted. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! The non-converted. Okay, so so this like you see no. how strong gay is. You see how strong gay is. Well, gay is strong. No, so I this is a thing where I'm like, okay, I was not. From Utah, I didn't experience the church as a cult. Mm. Uh, my father was a very cynical person. I mean, he was homophobic as fuck, but he died when I was 17. But um, I was not raised to just accept whatever came into my inbox, right? Mm. And I went to this conversion therapy. I thought, hey, you know what? Um, it wasn't illegal at the time. Mm. Well, it's kind of illegal. It was still real questionable. Um I went on a workshop for three days in Arizona, and we were all of the, these gay boys in the um, uh, some like cabin or whatever, and we were doing exercises that involved like holding each other for hours at a time, for like an hour, and then we would eat all together, and then we would do some I don't know Indian like medicine man shit. Oh, peyote? No. Of course, no drugs. Oh. I mean, drugs. right? They couldn't have anything, like, actually I mean, helpful or useful. I mean, yeah, you know, be booty butt naked in front of in front of anybody, but don't do drugs. And the guy, the leader was so hot. Of course. He was buff. He was hot. They always have to be. Yeah. Because they need to keep the gays attacked, attention. Like, they, they mean, need to make sure that the gays are paying attention. I was like, can I drop my knees right now, babe? Like, it was bad. So, anyway... Never go to conversion therapy and try to convert people. I mean, I mean, like, it would be fun to be... A, nowadays, I'd be a troll in there. Yeah. But, no, you guys, these they, these people are fucked up. Yes. Right? Like, I had the advantage of I was a successful person. I had my wits about me. I was like, let's see what happens. It's a retreat in Arizona. That's kind of how I was about it. And then, when I got done, I was like, well, that didn't work. Mm. <laughs> I was like, that didn't work. It didn't work. Mm. I mean, I was very evidence-based about it. Um, but I did know that there were a lot of people who had had a lot, a lot, a lot of pain mm-hmm. in there. And I have managed to escape a lot of the pain that other people have had. And I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for it. Doesn't mean that it's been easy and that I haven't done things like attempted conversion therapy. Mm. But... Um, but I have a lot of compassion for people who are put in these situations simply because that's the way the world is constructed around them. 
What's your relationship with religion now? Have you found a pop diva to worship? Oh, I'm reading this book called Cultish. Mm. It's by Amanda something. Well, can I please invite you to the Church of Beyonce? I mean, Destiny. I mean, I really like Halo. Mm, yes. That's my favorite. It's an amazing hymn. Yeah, it is. Hit me like a ray of sun. That's right. Nah. <laughs> oh, I can feel like your halo. So, I went to a pride festival thing with a Mormon group. It's called Mormon, Mormons Building Bridges. Of course, they don't exist anymore because the Mormon church doesn't want any bridges. But <laughs> they don't want none. They've made that real clear. There was this booth, and it was called Hug a Mormon. And I went, and you know, you hug like queer people, and you give them a button that says "I hugged a Mormon," and it had a rainbow on it. It was cute. Anyway, I was there, and honestly, the same spiritual experiences that I have had my whole life that I associated with the church, I had one of my own. And that was independent. I am still a very spiritual person. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a Christian. Oh. Which Mormons consider themselves Christian. That's what I thought. Mormonism has a very beautiful cosmology that I love. And I believe a lot of it still. What's cosmology? Oh, it's like the way that, the, that you know, deity works and how, how the world was created. And Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it's beautiful. For example... We believe that there is a Heavenly Mother, as mm. well as a Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. We believe that people, and see I say still say we, mm. because that's how deep it is, but we believe that families are sealed together forever, and, but they've sort of corrupted that into being this, well you have to have a nuclear family, but originally the whole sealing was to seal everyone together into a human family. Have you been able to find a community or like a sense of community? I have not found a... Well, um, my ex-wife goes to an Episcopalian church. Usually Mormons who leave the church but are still religious find their way to the Episcopalian church. I actually found the church that my ex-wife goes to and it's because they have a gay priest. Mm. And I like him very much. And if I ever get married, I want him to marry me. But I find it boring. Mm. Oh, the Episcopalian. Yeah, and so... Well, if you're ever looking for, like, a church that's doing stuff, go to a Baptist church. Oh, Jesus, no. So I went to Baptist Elementary School. Oh! And they told me, that in Independence, Missouri, that I was going to hell because I was a Mormon. And I was like, oh, honey, I'm going to hell, but not because I'm a Mormon. Let me oh tell you that. Gosh. Let me tell you that, not because I'm a Mormon <laughs> and a devil worshiper. No. <laughs> no, see, this is the thing that Mormons piss me off because... Mormons are like, oh, we're Christian. We're, we're, you know, like they totally like identify with evangelicals. And I'm like, y'all, evangelicals hate you. You're Satan's spawn and you're too dumb to know it. Oh no. It's bad. Well, I recently read that the LDS church accepts queer people, but oh, Jesus. not queer action. They're well, saying, go ahead and be gay, but this like, is gaslighting. Don't do gay. This is what is called gaslighting. Mm -hmm. um, what they're saying is, we we don't hate you as long as you act, you know, straight. as well. It's not like you have to even act straight. You can go around flouncing if you want to, but they need to know where your penis is. 
Oh, that sounds fun. If your penis is in the wrong place, they are going to excommunicate you. I didn't know that Mormonism was primarily about where you put your genitals. I mean, okay, so the first question I asked my ex-boyfriend when they wanted to start proceedings on this court was, has there been sin? Mm-hmm. Which but- means... Did you fuck a boy? Are you sure? Because like in the Mormon church, from what I hear, like there's a lot of sin. So like if you was out having like coffee and cigarettes with somebody, that's sin. Okay, I'm sitting here drinking whiskey right now, right? You're also not a Mormon, so you can't. I can. (laughs) However, sex is a different level Mm -hmm. than everything else. Actually, I've come to realize it's kind of a reverse sex cult because... They have built it up to where what you do sexually is all that matters. And Mm. they just want no sex instead of... Just straight sex? It's every bit as hyper-focused on sex as any other organization. It's just that this kind of sex they want is none. Or straight sex. You know, that that's good, but, you know, we don't talk about that. That's the baseline. We just don't talk about that. They asked my ex-boyfriend if there had been sin, by which they meant, have you had sex with a man? He told them, and I thought this was brilliant, gay men have gay sex. Mm. And that's all he told them. And he's like, if you start proceedings on me, I will just withdraw my name. I'll just send a letter. Mm. And so he did, and he just pulled out. I mean, that's an unfortunate turn of phrase. Oh my gosh. Uh, What was I going to ask you? You're going to edit this out. Probably. Maybe I won't. Maybe I will. Probably. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what is something that you are looking forward to? Like about anything? Yeah. I'm looking forward to graduating my program and starting my private practice. I really want to work with three populations. Mm. I want to work with gays, cult survivors, and tech bros. Mm. So I'm looking forward to that. Why those... Well, gays, gays and cult and cult survivors. That's that's pretty obvious because mm-hmm. I get those populations. Mm-hmm. The tech bros, I just like those industries, and there are a lot of guys who need help, and I am smart enough to keep up with them. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay, smart fans. Mm, well, we try, we try, mm-hmm. but I don't do the numbers, so that's that's what's happened. <laughs> And, and all like zoot niceness and wisdom. That's good. That's what we all need in life. Mm-hmm. Call my practice that niceness and wisdom LLC. <laughs> <laughs> Any words of encouragement for people that are like coming out late in life? I think that it's like they say about planting a tree. They say the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and mm. the second best time is now. Mm. And I feel like it's very important to be kind to yourself. Yeah. I know a lot of people who come out late in life due to religious trauma or religious constrictions. Mm -hmm. They are very insecure about how good of a gay they are. Do they qualify to be a gay? Oh, like if they're not like being gay enough. Yeah, yeah that's right. Like, like things like oh, have I like don't. Like a certain number of or like of Taylor Swift or hats. whatever. Yeah. I don't keep up with Taylor Swift, or maybe I like some kind of sports ball that I like it's, shuffleboard. It's right, and I feel like oh. there's this deep insecurity about do I belong to this community? If you're like me, I was not socialized gay at all. 
Now, mind you, my whole entire life, the glitter flew out of my mouth. Yes, I heard. Right. I didn't know gay people. Mm-hmm. It actually is so interesting that I independently discovered a lot of gay things. just By I, just being yourself. Yeah, like, absolutely fabulous. I know every word of every season. I can just, like, quote it. And that's so gay. Wait a second. Are you telling me? So gay. You were born gay? I absolutely was born gay. Ah. And you know what? I knew it. Nick said to Nick self, (laughs) you're gay and you're just fucked because you're gonna have to really struggle with this your whole life. Mm. I was very practical. A very, very common approach is to feel like there's no such thing as gay and all men want to fuck other men, but we just control ourselves. That sounds weird. But you know what? People tell themselves stories. That is very true. The people, mental gymnastics yes. that people will do yeah. to make it okay right. for them to do certain things. Right. Like, oh, Lavenda, it's okay for me to put myself in your mouth. But like, you know, if you kiss me, that's gay. Okay, so there's this thing that was developed at BYU. Mm-hmm. I just footnoted this in a paper I wrote. It's called soaking. And that's where the dude puts his dick in a vagina and just sits there. And doesn't move up and down. And so they somehow think that that's compliant with not having sex. And then the other loophole they're trying to exploit is sometimes it gets somebody to jump up and down on the bed so there is friction. Oh, so... So it's like some kind of like... So you have to have three people there? I mean, I'm like... like, No, I was just laying there. But listen, you guys, like this is just... I was just laying and soaking. I was just soaking. It was just, I mean, look, like I was like that. The first time I had gay sex, I was like, well, you know, the dick was hard and I just fell onto it. Oh, like, yes, you know, like, yeah, I just fell onto that's it. That's how it works. It's how it goes. You just, you know, sometimes there's a dick and you, you slip and fall. So I'm going to ask mm. you a couple of Mormon rumors that I've heard. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yes. I will know about them. Of course you will, because you know everything about Mormonism. Well, we keep up. Yes. <laughs> so is that hole in a sheet thing real? No. Oh. Oh, wait, what? The hole in the sheet, like, allegedly, if you do your bad through the sheet, it's okay. Oh, if you, if you have sex through a sheet? Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's Hasidic Judaism. I thought that was Mormonism. Yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, man. No. Now, there's a thing that happens in the temple. It's called initiatory. It used to be that you would have just, like, this sheet with a hole, and, and you would be, like, it was a sheet, and the sides were open, so the guys would like waddle around and their big huge old dicks were were swinging out and then the worker in the temple like anoints you with oil and kind of like brushes your pubes during that whole process. Um, but that's more modest now because they have like initiated jumpsuit types types of things. You said they, they brush your pubes? I mean they brush my pubes. Like, because they're, like, just anointing you. Like, I'm making this motion across your hips, right? With your hand, because they got oil uh-huh. on their hands. And they're supposed to touch you in, like, basically on your on your hip bones. Uh-huh. On your hip bones, on your cum, 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 cum what do we call those? Cum gutters. Cum gutters. Yes. Yeah, they basically touch you on your cum gutters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish I had cum gutters, but... I wish I had handlebars. What's a handlebar? It's the same thing. Oh, okay. It's yeah. just different people call it different. Okay. Call it different I didn't ways. call it handlebar. I like cum gutter. Mm. Uh-huh. So they touch you on both, and then it, obviously they would, like, you know, end up brushing across your pubes. 
and that was pretty intimate. Mm-hmm. It sounds and very intimate. Also, then you would have to stand up. Like you usually, there were there were multiple people there, so you kind of have to wait in a line to have this process done to you. So that's the thing that I thought of when you said sheet. Ah. But nobody, no Mormon has sex through a hole in a sheet. Okay, dokey, okay, dokey. Not at all. Is the underwear a real thing? The like full oh, body yeah. johns. Well, are they full body? You can get full body kind. Mm-hmm. It's called temple garments. Mm -hmm. And they're just white. And they're really... I find them ugly. I do not find them sexy. You can find them all over the internet in porn. Like, because Mormon porn is the Japanese schoolgirl of gay porn. (laughs) It's true. You cannot say that's not true. I will not confirm, nor will I deny. (laughs) And then there's the kind of garments, like for the the shirts. There's this kind with this big scoop neck. And that we used to call, like at BYU, like all the guys who wear a t-shirt with that kind of garment underneath of it, um, they would call that the celestial smile because it was a scoop neck t-shirt, right? And so, um, but I was, you know, being gay and caring about how things looked, I wore the like jersey top thing and at one point I tried to like, like always make it so that it wasn't looking like I was wearing two t-shirts. I went to great pains to like kind of make it look like I was not just just horribly Ugh. the no. garments I was so glad to be rid of them. I was so glad to be rid of them. And to this day I want I always wear I usually wear briefs because I'm so tired of shoving down those long pants garments down into my jeans when they ride up. Mm. Right, so I'm just like fuck it. I want, I want the things I had when I was a little boy. I want to not have to sh- have to have fabric riding up into my crotch mm. and under my jeans. <laughs> that's just me. Well, I hope the only thing riding up in your jeans is whatever you want riding up your jeans. I mean, you know what? I, I will accept whatever comes riding wise. Go team. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick. I want to thank you for coming on. You have been a ridiculously interesting guest. Oh, well, I do try. I would be happy to be on anytime you want. Go team, go team. And thank you very much for giving us a a glimpse into your world and, you know, some of the the things that you've gone through. You know, I think, again, I think it'll be very, very helpful for, you know, a lot of people listening. You know, it'll help to hopefully help them to give people more grace than they've been giving people yeah well we all have our journey and sometimes the journey is messy very very messy and i say sometimes probably always some kind of messy and the the people whose journeys are messiest are the people who don't admit they're messy Ooh, lavenda is messy as hell that's right (laughs) So, again, thank you very much for coming on Lifelines. You ever Lifelines with a Y. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I have yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. All right, good shit. Okay. Okay, thanks for coming on. Have You're a great welcome. night. And we'll be back with the next segment. Momentarily. Things that bug me. Something that bugs me is... People in power who constantly use rumors, fake news, to push their own political agendas. 
And the majority of the time, their political agendas really just come down to what's coming in or out of their pockets. As we all know, eyelashes, electronics, wigs, and space rental don't grow on trees yet. They're working on it. So we need dollars and cents to keep this going. And while I hate to put my cup out for change, here's my cup. Hopefully you're enjoying what we've put together so far and want more. If so, please drop some pennies in my cups labeled Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. You can Venmo me at hairbywainer-lavendalife, H-A-I-R-B-Y-W-A-Y-N-R-L-A-V-I-N-D-A-L-Y-F. At Cash App, Wayne Rouser, W-A-Y-N-E-R-O-W-S-E-R. And PayPal, Hair by Wayner, W-A-Y-N-R, H-A-R-B-Y-W-A-Y-N-R. In the subject, put lifelines, so I can use it for the show specifically. Upcoming events! I currently have no upcoming events. Hire me. Shoot me an email. You can email me at lavindalyfe at gmail.com. Let me know about whatever event you have coming up that you were interested in having me appear at. Send me a offer and we can go from there. Well, kids, that's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed our interview and it got you thinking. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode coming out on Monday. You can check the RadioTacoma.org website to re-listen to the show and share the link. Remember to send any questions or suggestions for the show to LavendaLife at gmail.com. L-A-V-I-N-D-A. L-Y-F-E at gmail.com. All messages to the show can be as anonymous as a 2 a.m. sleepover if you'd like. Lastly, you can find me on any of the socials by Googling hashtag LavendaLife. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. All right. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And that's all for now, kids. Remember, Lavenda loves you.